Welcome in to Off the Cuff Sports. Another long week. Getting close to the end. How we doing, everybody? Summertime is almost here, so I'm I'm ecstatic. Agreed. I'm happy. Lamoris is in the middle of a special brownie, so we're gonna let him finish that before he uh <laughs> before he, he boy, gives his answer. That boy snitch to the feds, boy. That boy <laughs> snitching to the feds. Dang, Lamoris. I just said it was a special brownie. I didn't say how what type of special brownie it was. I mean, maybe one of one of his lady friends cooked is really good at making brownies. I don't know. What lady friend? You know, you, you call him a hoe, so apparently, apparently he would have multiple lady friends. So, you know. Don't I call him more. You said don't what? Don't snitch on me. You said don't, don't snitch, snitch on me. <laughs> oh, man. Lamoris has multiple admirers. That's the funny part. Lamoris got admirers from all over the place. Don't, but okay. All right. Uh, before we get him to any more trouble, let's get to the team in distress this week. Um, the Golden State Warriors are a team in distress right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd give you that. Yeah. Goodbye. Because uh, I don't care. I really don't think that. I don't think Steph. Well, I think Steph may or may not come back regardless. I think it's over for Clay. I yeah, Clay's too that. injury prone right now to keep him on your roster. I think as a as your as a starter, you know key player now, they they will solely based out of the fact that it's like he's of loyalty one of the, yeah loyalty and he's been there for two i mean he's on contract for two more years mm. so they're going to give him a chance to give him a run but i personally don't think that like he'll be able to play at the same level no that he was beforehand so i mean he's not he was clay's never been like a dramatically good athlete so I mean, yes, he's a great shooter. Shooter doesn't shooting doesn't really go away. However, his ability to defend without re-injuring himself, I think, is going to be a real telltale sign of what's to come. Yeah, I just don't think his body can handle that anymore. So no, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we'll we'll get into reactions to the playing games uh, later, but uh, my my. I have a person in distress, and that is Dustin Johnson. Uh, for those that don't know, Dustin Johnson is the num- ranked number one in the world for PGA golf. He has now missed the cut at a major championship two times in a row. First time ever that the number one ranked PGA player missed the cut at a major championship twice. Uh, I don't know how you can still remain number one when you're not making the cut. Um, but I, I don't know how those ranking works work anyways. Uh, it doesn't really make sense to me. They don't work like uh, like college sports rankings. So that's uh, kind of lost on me. But whatever. Uh, we'll get we'll jump right back to the playoffs there. Uh, what do we think about the playing tournament? Do we like it? Do we want? Do we like the idea of a playing tournament, but we want a different format? Uh, did this work for y'all? What? The Western I mean, Conference it, games were good. Yeah. I will say that. Um, well, that's always the case. 
Yeah. If you have to choose between the two. I'm still not a fan of the play-in because you had an entire season to prove that you're a playoff team. And, you know, you could be essentially, and I don't know what the standings were, but you could probably be three, four games behind the eighth seed and be just because you're a 10 seed and you win two games at the end of the regular season, you make it into the playoffs. And I don't think that's necessarily right. Um, but for for what it is, it wasn't bad. Um, Western Conference were the only good game, so that's that's my yeah. biggest issue. What are your thoughts there, Solo? I mean, I don't really like it. I mean, and it's not just because LeBron was not was in it this year. Uh, I really do think that, in all honesty. That like Lamar said, it's like if you, if, like, God, you got seventy-two games, eighty-two games in the regular season to prove that you're good, and it's like you want to wait until now to give these teams a chance. Now, I will admit, like the play-in tournament is going to give me a lot of good joy because, like, we'll probably talk about it in a couple of minutes. I think that the Memphis Grizzlies will upset the Utah Jazz anyway. And I think that the Golden State Warriors didn't have a chance. Like, they were going to go in and probably win maybe one, maybe two games, but ultimately lose. The Like, the Utah Jazz are good. They're not that good. And the Memphis Grizzlies can actually upset them. So I think that the Grizzlies are kind of like, or the Jazz are kind of like, you know, WTF. Like, we kind of had a, a easy route to you know the second round where now I think they're going to have to stretch this out seven games yeah uh, I definitely see where y'all are coming on it kind of feels like uh, how administration for uh, high schools uh, treat seniors at the end of the year um, that haven't turned in a single assignment the whole year and then uh, well, then we're expected to hold their hands and give them extra assignments to get a passing grade just so uh, the just so our graduation rates look good uh, it's, it's, it's you know it's the the intent behind these things is not pure they're only doing the they're only doing these playing games to make more money they're not doing it because they're giving they want to quote unquote give somebody a chance it's the same thing as with administrations for high schools uh, they're that are doing everything they can to let seniors graduate it's not because they're they're trying to help these kids out make them better they're doing this because they want to have graduation rates to look look good so it's kind of the same thing uh so the intentions aren't pure there and I, so i agree with you guys 100 that uh we're playing doing these playing games for the wrong reasons um and i don't know how much it's going to help the situation uh i mean i don't know if it's gonna water down the level of play for the playoffs um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, continuing on, uh, now that we've reacted to the playing games, what are our thoughts? Since we never got this in a solo pod, uh, what we think is going to happen during the playoffs? Clippers, Bucks. You really think the Bucks are going to finally make it to the championship this year? I don't think the Nets are going to survive. Um, 76ers aren't that good. 
and then everybody else beneath them is is not an actual championship contender. So by process of elimination, I have the Bucks, and it's not saying anything that I believe all that much in the Bucks. It's just now something's gonna. But do we honestly? The track record that the Bucks have in the playoffs, can we actually exactly. trust them to make it that? I, 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 your your logic makes sense, um, but it falls apart when we look at the history of this team never I mean, producing in the playoffs. And plus, the very team that they are that knocked them out last year is who they're playing in the first round this year. It's a very different team this year. I don't year disagree also. with that. I'm just saying, you know, history does repeat itself. Right. Um, I, I think they easily make it past the heat. Um, and I think let's, they would. Let's let's go into that. Let's predict the first round. What do y'all? What do, who do y'all think is gonna make it out of the first round? At least in the East, I think all the the top seeds would win. The only one I'm flip flopping on are the Hawks and the Knicks, and I yeah. that series could go either way. That, that really could not, and not because either team is necessarily better. It's just which team is going to fall apart first. Right. If I had to put my money on it, I would probably choose the Hawks, but the Knicks have been hot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Solo? You're you're, you're surprisingly quiet during the situation. Well, you got to, I mean, like I said, I think all the top tier seeds will win. I don't think that, the Bucks have anywhere slight of a chance of making it to the finals. Um, Lamores loves to count out the 76ers. I think the 76ers are more poised to beat anybody out uh, to go. I think you'll see 76ers Bucks in the championship, in the Eastern Conference Championship. I think that the 76ers win in six. Um, there's no answer for Ben Simmons in, in any in any series that they play. The only way that the 76ers don't make it is if Brooklyn somehow finds out how to play defense. And because they do have an answer. But the Bucks, they had like the 76ers have an answer for Giannis. The opposition does not have an answer for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will control any guard easy. So I'd have the 76ers going. The West, a totally different story. Um yeah, I, like, I want to hear your logic of how LeBron makes it to the to the championship again. I don't think he does. I think he makes it to the Western Conference wow. Finals. Wow! Wow! Thank you, I think you said. Moment. I can't believe you said that. Wow! See, now I want to change my prediction just because <laughs> y'all are being extremely petty. But no, well, that's what the show is about. I don't. I don't think that he has enough this year um, in order to make it. Uh, now I will tell you if they do, I think they made the Western Conference Finals. It depends on the opponent. Um, I do feel like if they do wind up matching with somebody like Utah, or they wind up matching up with somebody, um, golly, who was the other team? Who, uh, like pretty much, if they match up with Utah in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's a wrap. Like the Lakers will beat them in five games, no sweat. I don't think they have the dynamic to beat the Nuggets right now. Um, Jokic is playing on another level, um, and their bench is playing at a high level as well. Um, not Michael Carter Jr., but Michael Porter uh, is playing at a really high level, taking the place of Jamal Murray for scoring purposes. 
So you got a good look out there. The Clippers, I hate to say it, they're a better team than we are right now because they're starting five and their chemistry is a lot better than what's going on. So I think that they would beat us. Um, but those are the only two teams that I feel are going to be the Lakers kryptonite going forward. If the Lakers get anybody else in the conference, I mean, in the conference finals, uh, it's going to be pretty much a wrap. So now, you definitely if, think that they're going to get past the Suns. Oh, yeah, yes. no, most definitely. Okay. The, the Suns, like, I, I'm excited to see Devin Booker in a playoff series. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you're going to see the classic problem with CP, CP3-led playoff teams is that CP3, unlike LeBron, has not been able to relinquish the clutch responsibility in, in tight games. He still wants to be the guy. And I don't think Devin Booker with his first playoff appearance coming up against somebody like a LeBron James-led team has the experience to, to do it. I do think he'll put on the show. I think they're good for two games. I don't think that they're good for four. Um, they don't know how to win yet. They've had a real good season, mainly because of Chris Paul. But the only person on this team that has been to the playoffs is Chris Paul. And I don't think that Chris Paul is enough to get those guys over the hump. And is it safe to compare this team to the glory days, Derrick Rose, Chicago Bulls? I think a better comparison for this Suns team would be when uh, Chris Paul was in, uh, golly, not in, when he was in New no, Orleans. It was in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, when he was in New Orleans. I'm talking about third year in New Orleans. David West is hitting his prime. CP3 is just starting to come into his own in the NBA. They had decent role players. And, like, they, you know, they had a real good season. Uh, what was the downfall there? One, there wasn't a third score. Same issue that they have right now. You have CP3 who can somewhat score the basketball but isn't like a, a scorer. And you have Devin Booker, who is the ultimate scorer. But you don't really have anybody else. Um, you have a, a traditional center in uh, DeAndre Aiden, but like he's going to get eaten alive by KD and Andre Drummond. I mean, if we're just being honest, DeAndre Aiden is nothing more than a great value version of DeAndre Drummond. They do the exact same thing. DeAndre Drummond just does it on a higher level. So, I mean, you get that, that's canceled out. Uh, and then when you go bench-wise to bench, like our bench may not be as good, but our bench has the experience of being in the playoffs and playing for something. Like, so when you factor all those things into it, experience, being there, and overall talent, you, you got to give it to the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised if it was five games, but I will give the Suns two games. I'll give them two. Okay. And then after that, it's just about how the cookie crumbles. Like I can, I, I can see Lakers Sixers, but I can also see Nuggets Sixers, and I can also see Clippers Sixers. Okay, so you're 100 percent sold on the Sixers making the, the uh, championship this year. Oh, most definitely. There's no, there's nobody in the East that has an answer. And I know, like Lamar's will like to rebuttal. 
but there's nobody in the East that has an answer for Ben Simmons. Like, it, 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 there's nobody. Because, like I said, if, like, the Knicks, okay, let's say the Knicks win and they have to play them in the next round. Julius Randle has to choose his poison. If he decides to guard, if he decides to guard Ben Simmons, then, golly, uh, Joel Embiid's going to go off. And if he decides to guard Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons is going to go off. Same issue if you with the Bucks. They have like Joel Embiid is the perfect answer for Giannis. I mean, maybe not foot speed wise, but Giannis hasn't proven to us that he can shoot on the outside. So when you look at it from both points of view, it's just like Ben Simmons is the complete and utter X factor. Um, he has a they have a great coach. Like I've never given up on Doc. Uh, and they both shown that they can win playoff series. And now you actually have the coach that's able to put you over the top. The, the Sixers are all the clear-cut favorite, and you can't convince me otherwise. The Bucks, they're great. They're good. Uh, Drew Holiday will get eaten alive by Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will average a triple-double if that is the if that's the Eastern Conference Finals. There's no doubt in my mind. Y'all are going to make Ben Simmons the Finals MVP. <laughs> Hands down. Okay. So, so we're, we're just going to ignore the fact that Giannis can definitely hold Ben Simmons. Right. So Giannis holds Ben Simmons. Who holds Joel Embiid? Yeah, well, Giannis who? can't do anything with Joel Embiid in the first place. They're going to have to pick and choose whatever big men rotate to uh, guard Joel Embiid. But I, for me personally, and the Bucks, I don't think they've lost to the Celtics since like 2019. Um, I think they can handle or not the Celtics, the 76ers. I mean, um, I, I think they can handle Ben Simmons. I, for the X factor for that series is literally Joel and beat, not Ben Simmons. Um, and I, I'd rather go with the Bucks shooting over counting on, you know, Joel and beat to dominate. But, um, just going for the to West, agree to disagree on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that their shooting is nearly as potent. Um, like if we were talking about Golden State level shooting, yes, you be you have a point. But the the shooting cancels each other cancels each other out. Chris Middleton, as much as everybody wants to say that he's you know a decent number two, I'm sorry, Seth Curry is a way better shooter. The 76ers overall shooting capability is better than theirs. Um, with their with the, with their overall team dynamic, meaning that if I have a Ben Simmons and a Joel Embiid pick and roll, I send my shooters to the deep corners. If they double team Joel Embiid, I hit the soft corner. If they decide to rotate and take away the drive by Ben Simmons, he hits the weak corner. And then obviously, if they play them straight up, it's the most dominant pick and roll since Kobe and Shaq where it's like, what do you do? If you continue to back up on Ben Simmons, all he's going to do is just hit a floater over you. If you have Ben, if you have Joel Embiid roll, it's going to be a complete seal off the backside, throwing lobs, dunking all day. If you decide to double Joel Embiid, then obviously you have the rotation out to Ben Simmons to back to the strong corner. You have a, a wide open three. It's like the, the, the potency with those guys on the floor with each other is a lot more dangerous than Giannis and Giannis. 
that's just my opinion. Okay. Point made. Uh, we'll move on to another topic that's probably going to spark a debate. Um, there has been a lot of chatter this week about Julio Jones. A lot of players in the NFL have been making it public that they want their team to make a move for him. First question, does a trade signal a rebuild in Atlanta and no one should expect anything out of them for the next couple years? Or is this a way to actually help the team be better right now? And then, if he is let go, where should he go? Where are you most nervous? If you are, if if he doesn't go to your team, what team makes you most nervous for him to be on? Ooh, can I start? Go ahead. Okay, what have been, what have I been saying for the past? I don't know, two, three years. <laughs> Trade Matt Ryan and trade Julio. But we can't we trade Matt trade... Ryan, so you got to you got to you got to let Matt Ryan go right now. I say oh. I say we, but I shouldn't say we because I'm not involved at all. But regardless, when Julio was doing that hissy fit on Instagram and deleting all of his Falcon stuff, so he could hold out and get a new contract, that's when we should have uh, started thinking about trading him. Um, we shouldn't have given him this extravagant contract along with uh, Matt Ryan's overpaid contract because you know where you end up? You end up in uh, where they're at right now where they have aging players who can't get you over the hump and you're just barely good enough to not make it to like a top pick in the draft, but you're just not good enough to make it to the playoffs. Falcons should have traded him for a long time. Um where he ends up going, who knows? Uh, I can see it, him going to the Titans only because you want to do your your old or your new head coach a solid with this team and hopefully um, that will entice some players to come to the Atlanta franchise to since they you know help each other out. But uh, who knows? Who cares? He should have been gone. Let's save ten mil and uh, tank. So you think this season's going to be a wash if they don't have him on? If they don't have him, well, I, I think it was a wash regardless. Okay. I don't think, I don't think him being on the roster helps us any any more than losing him, because it's not like he's not going to get injured. I only see him playing what max ten games next year. Okay. Um, but yeah, the the reason I don't think is signaling the tank job is because the they should already be tanking even you know before this okay solomon make the case for your former alabama player if they don't keep him they're going to be terrible and if he goes anywhere i'm sheesh i would love for him to go to baltimore if he went to Baltimore, it would be it'd be a wrap. You're talking about Hollywood Brown at the Z, Julio at the X, 
Oh, you, sheesh, bro. You don't even need a we get go get any wide receiver, and it's like you talking about a potent offense. Like that would be that'd be dangerous. Like Lamar would wouldn't really be as worried about not having his starting tackle because heck, it's like I can throw jump balls for days to Julio and Hollywood Brown, and they would make plays. Um, I, I I mean I don't think that he's like as injury prone as Morris likes to say because I mean in all honesty forget about DeAndre Hopkins forget about Devontae Adams it's like let's be real who's the most consistent dominant wide receiver in the league over the past nine years including the last couple of seasons where he hasn't played I don't care like if Julio Jones is healthy he is the best wide receiver in the National Football League no question and nobody can make that argument. And I'm sorry, and it's probably gonna sound bad because like it, it takes a shot at Matt Ryan, but I don't care. It's like Matt Ryan is not no top tier quarterback. And like Julio Jones has made Matt Nobody Ryan. Nobody on this he podcast is. is disputing that fact. Just, like just it, we can right. we can all agree that Matt Ryan has been made a semi household name because of Julio Jones, not the other way around. Like so, let let's. I could argue that it was Kyle Shanahan that made him a household name, but okay. I mean, I understand. I wouldn't, Kyle, I wouldn't Kyle, go all that that far. I will. I, I mean, I, because like Kyle Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind, but at the end of the day, you got to have somebody to throw the ball to to make big but plays. He, would, he has not. Been, he has not been even in the MVP conversation since he has not had Kyle Shanahan as his his offensive coordinator. I'm not saying he's the only reason. But he is definitely a key factor that is missing in my Matt Ryan's success. Yeah. Shanahan was only there for so many years. I think he was only there for, what, three years? Yes. Or two? Um, Matt Ryan has been consistently good. Yes, not MVP caliber, caliber, but, you know, I would say top 10, top 15 in the league, consistently pretty much his whole career. Um, not to say Julio... Not to say Julio oh. hasn't played a big part of that, but um, I let's let's put some respect on his name. He's had a better career than Cam, but I know someone won't admit that. He's had a better career than Cam. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. He's Easily. had a better career. He's had a better Easily. career than he's had a better career than Cam Newton when mm-hmm. he's had the better organization the better defense for the latter part of their success and the better offensive coordinator for for their prime. Yet Cam has more rushing yards. That's it. He has more rushing yards. And you're, uh, you're talking like Matt Ryan's throwing numbers are in a different stratosphere. In both of their in both of their peaks, they're not like Matt Ryan is has a slightly better QBR, slightly better QBR than Cam Newton with worse receivers. With a wor- but please please I, I want to know. Give me give me the re- give me the receivers of Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones caliber. If Kelvin Benjamin, Steve Smith Jr. So, solo where. So solo, we're we're not arguing the fact that Falcons had better receivers. Well, let's let's get back on topic here. Uh, as far as Julio Jones goes, 
first of all, I cannot trust him to be healthy. So having him on the roster doesn't mean you have him in the game and having an impact on the game. So I don't know how much he helps the Falcons moving forward. Uh, I And I disagree with, with Lamoris on the fact that I think if you trade him and sell the dream, you can get back you can get back some key guys to help the team right now, as well as getting draft picks to prepare for the future and potentially get a wild card berth when there's now three wild card spots instead of just two. Um, so there's that. I think that it's definitely a an impact for him to go to to leave the roster now because, it, because let's be honest, last year he basically wasn't on the team, but he did not allow them from adding any key key roles to the team. And also on that note, they have to trade him. They have to trade him come June 1st because this team cannot afford to sign everybody that they have drafted. They can't even, they can't, they can't even, they can't even, not even talk about bringing somebody else in to make this team better. They can't even fully sign their current roster because they do not have the salary cap space because of how much of a hole there is because of Julio Jones. So they have to let him go just to have a legitimate team this year, a respectable team this year. As far as the team that scares me the most for him to go to, Arizona seems like a team that is now starting to turn into a, a, a Madden fantasy team, adding guys here and there. If you've got a healthy DeAndre Hopkins and a healthy Julio Jones with a budding talent like Kyler Murray. That can't throw the ball over 40 yards. So Weren't you just the one that? singing how good he was like before the yeah. season started this past year, how they were going to win the division? I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say the kid is bad. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in realistic terms, like but we've Kyle seen Murray's that you don't, need to, you don't need to throw the ball in this day's game. You don't need to throw the ball, you know, 50, 60 yards downfield to be successful. Tom Brady doesn't do that. Drew Brees didn't do that. And look how far their teams have consistently got. Brady didn't have anybody on his team but Julian Edelman and couldn't throw it more than 10 yards because he had no offensive line to help him. And he was still pulling a team to the playoffs. But where he's not, he's those, not Peyton Manning. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say yeah. that. I'm not. Don't put words in my mouth. He's but not. Where are but those you can't argue with the, the results. At? What? But where are those receivers the best at? Like we're we're not. We're talking about like we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins and we're talking about Julio Jones. Julio Jones has never been a receiver who has been a guy that is your dink and dime and makes plays no, but out you, of likes. You don't need to throw. You can, if you can throw it 40 yards downfield, that's all you need to throw it for a guy like Julio Jones on a 20-yard deep post. That's all you need it. You don't need to. It's not. They're not throwing Hail Marys every single play. This isn't This isn't you on Madden where you do four verticals every single play. You don't have, but all I'm saying is, is that at the end of the day, no, it may not be me playing Madden. However, it is the National Football League. And if you have a deep threat and he's known for. But you're talking about, you're people, saying deep threat doesn't mean a 50, 60 yard pass. It a doesn't deep have threat to mean means a 50 to 20 pass. yards you make your throw. 
they make the cut if if you make the cut at 15 yards he's throwing it when he makes his cut when he makes his cut right Which and i'm telling yards, you if we watch if we watch if you watch if you watch kyle murray he barely does that right deandre hopkins is the one that's bailing this man out on repeated like repeatedly so when he gets double teamed so, and kyle wh- murray why, can't put why, why I, I i gotta i gotta stop you because Whenever you you, you want to use somebody to make your point, it changes your opinion on them just to make your point. You were talking about how good Kyler Murray is. And now all of a sudden, when we're, we're using him to make a point against your claims, now all of a sudden he's not that good. I didn't say that he wasn't good. I'm telling you that him have getting Julio Jones doesn't make him better because Julio Jones... I didn't say it made him... I say it makes the team better. It, okay, th- the team ain't going to get better unless the quarterback get better. Correct? No. He doesn't need he doesn't need another This isn't ball this receiver. isn't ba- this isn't basketball where 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 that it has it all comes down to there is 11 guys on the field at one time. Which okay. means if you have a better receiving so core to throw to injury prone. So we just said the man was injury prone. So he barely wants to block anymore. Okay, so that that takes it out of him making the team better. You're literally bringing Julio Jones in a situation where the only thing that he's going to be able to do at this part of his career, as dominant as he is, he's going to be a deep draw ball threat and a diverge. Okay, you might hit him on, like I said, a quick slant where he takes a pop, but if you do those on multiple games, I mean multiple times in the game, the guy's not you're not going to be able to utilize him. He's a disguise and a deep ball threat, 20 yards and longer down the field, where your quarterback, who is Kyler Murray, who we all love, who is a good guy, he cannot throw the ball with enough velocity that far down the field consistently to make Julio Jones effective. Love the kid. He's good on his feet. So you you think a better situation is going to Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill? No, yep. that's why I said my better situation. I thought the better situation was him going to Baltimore because you have the guy in Lamar Jackson who is the better version of what Kyler Murray is. He, yes, he uses his feet, but like hit Lamar Jackson's fastball is a heck of a lot better than what than Kyler Murray's fastball. I don't even know why y'all were talking about Kyler Murray going to Major League Baseball. Hey, you can't throw a football with a good enough velocity. 20 yards down the dead gun field because he a dang midget. Okay? It is I, what I it don't, is. I, I don't it. disagree with you on the fact that a better quarterback to throw to him would be Lamar Jackson. But as far as a better team, a better unit that I would be as if I was a defensive coordinator, a team that I do not want to face. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to face Baltimore either. But I already don't want to face them at all. I don't want to face Baltimore. That's that's not changed. If Julio Jones is added to Arizona, I really do not want to face this team as a defensive okay. coordinator. So, okay, if, as a defensive coordinator, I don't want to go up against DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones when really all I have to really play is cover six. Don't, don't forget A.J. A- Brown. AJ Brown is there now, also. AJ so Brown is there in Arizona. Yeah, 
I mean, so, Lamar, I'm not I'm not saying that AJ Brown is a bad receiver, but like like we've always argued, there are tiers to receivers. Like there are tiers to other players. Okay, AJ Brown is not a top tier receiver. I, I, I'm not calling him just like a top tier receiver, but when you have three receivers who are all yeah, all you know, and Pro Bowl caliber or so you have to former for Pro Bowl. You, well, why, so. why is he? But why is he Pro Bowl caliber? It's because former of where Bowl. he was. Yeah, former. Okay. He was a former. Yeah, he's a he's a former Pro Bowl caliber receiver because he was the only receiver in Tennessee. Like, I mean, we gotta put like you know it in context. He's a good receiver right now. He's out of his prime. Okay, he can not. He can't run every route on the route tree. Okay, he's there for he a specific situation. You're saying that he doesn't need to, but in order for it, this trio dynamic to work, he's got to be who he was in order See, to be. I don't, I don't think no. that. It's just that no. you can't, with you've got three guys that have the talent that these guys have. Yes, they're not the same players they were when they first walked into the league, but this means you cannot, you cannot pull a – Calvin Johnson, where you literally have two guys guarding him man to man. You can't do that. These all the you cannot play, you cannot double team any of these receivers because of the abilities that they have. And then why you, so can't. you can't you can't do the cover six that you're talking about because that gives that gives Kyler Murray a chance to just run open spaces. So because so okay. you can't you, you you don't have an answer to everything. I know that's hard for you to believe, Solomon, that you don't have an answer to everything. I, but the crazy thing about it is, is that like you just y'all are refuting what I'm saying. But like at the end of the day, like I I, I really think that I do. I play if I well, of course against you think Arizona. You're right. Of course you. That's, that's Arizona, all you, that's all you know how to do. With Arizona, I'm playing cover six and I'm taking my chance with Kyler Murray running all over the place. Okay. I might even keep a spy. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, like all you really have to do in order to make this team somewhat like effective or scary is like i said aj brown doesn't worry me at all like he like i i understand what you guys are saying but like i'm going to take the route that lamoris normally takes when you have aging stars okay he's good but he's not somebody that's going to keep me up at night as a defensive coordinator okay like he's just not i mean and like i said with, that's not his that's, that's not, not his role, role. Guys, it, it, you're saying that it's not his role. So we we need to we, we need to find out so, exactly what. To, so are you just telling me that so because as, of what he's become and what he can do, I put him in the slot or I put him at the so, Y, so, and so then look, all can, of a sudden can I, can have I make to account for can him. I make a point? Can I make, make just one point? point. All right. Point. Compare the third receivers on every NFL roster, and. I would almost bet 1,000% that uh, A.J. Green is probably the best third receiver on any roster. And, AJ and I don't... A.J. Green. Green. So we're saying A.J. Green, the mm -hmm. guy that has been on a steady decline for the longest. A.J. Green, the guy that... I mean, in all honesty, real deal got booted out and he hasn't done but anything solo, since his fourth typically, fifth year in the league. Typically, fourth when you have a third, a third receiver, their third best receiver, they're not this skilled. I, 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 that's like top 
what, 60? No, top 90 receiver? You don't think he's a top 100 receiver solo? What, AJ Green? Yes. Okay, bro, What basically what y'all are telling me is is that they can be the football version of the Brooklyn Nets all they want to at the end of the day. The offense that you're telling me with these three receivers, with the quarterback, does not keep me up at night as an offensive, as a defensive coordinator. It just, it doesn't. It doesn't. If I understand that this guy cannot throw the ball completely down the field, A.J. Green can be the third option. You can nickel and dime him. They're old. And if I if you send them across the middle or you send them on comeback routes where you're constantly getting these guys hit and put in, in dangerous situations, they're going to be on the IR faster than you can spell Kyler Murray's name. So I'm sorry. Aging receivers do not scare me as a defensive coordinator. More so than if it was a better quarterback, then we got something to talk about. We do. But y'all ain't going to sit here and tell me that like there's not a dramatic difference between, in my opinion, Ryan Tannehill and Kyler Murray. Ryan Tannehill's throwing power is just on another level than compared to Kyler Murray. I, I, and that's just I, my I don't opinion. Think that's we don't disagree opinion. with your quarterback's point. We just disagree with the team. So yeah. I, I, that's, that's that's okay. That's that's a good way to sum up that argument. Let's move on. Uh we'll go to uh we'll this should be petty moment of the week, but I feel like you guys should probably want to have a full-on discussion about it, not just mention it at the end. Kwame Brown has been coming after everybody. That boy week may turn up. Like the only he's time like I he's, been, he's finally been here. He's he's been finally got tired of everybody talking trash about him being a a bust for the past twenty years. And Correction: a, a bona fide scrub. What, whatever you whatever you want to call it but go ahead discuss help me understand where what how this is all of a sudden happening now and who cares actually about him at all I mean I, I mean, just think that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing he should have did this a long time ago but like his numbers wouldn't allow him to do it we're, we're drawn back or removed enough from how bad he actually was to now, like, yeah, he can start talking trash until people pull up the highlights in the clip. Realize that he had really the two hardest assholes to ever play the game to be his teammates. And you see why the guy struggled. I mean, it's I don't think it, that is necessarily his fault. And that's what he's trying to say. I get why he responded, um, but I also want to uh, recognize what Gilbert Arenas said that caused all of this. And I kind of agree with Gilbert and I understand now why Kwame is saying something. Cause I, I feel like Gilbert Arenas kind of um, came after his manhood um, somewhat um, and he was, speaking on somebody's podcast i think it was uh matt barnes and stephen jackson's podcast um and he was speaking and saying that you know as soon as kwame came into the league he was getting completely shitted on by you know reporters and everybody from the outside and you know you get that from the outside you're also playing with kobe who's talking mad shit you mean jordan you know, 
I, I don't think Jordan, because um, at that point in time, he wasn't the scrub scrub. He, I, I don't think he, he was getting talked about until he got to um, L.A. But regardless, you know, you have Kobe talking shit. And then you get traded and, you know, your entire confidence is gone. And you think, you know, you're in a new situation. And then you come in and supposedly Gilbert kind of broke his confidence too. So like the entire, your entire career, you're just getting shitted on. And uh, now you have somebody saying something, saying that you have no confidence. And now you have to respond because, you know, you're getting called out saying that, you know, you don't have the boss to stand up. You, you know, the NBA broke you. Kwame's, you know, he's going to respond. I get it. It's too late, though, but I get it. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it, it, is it not, in fact, true? The NBA did, in fact, it did kind of break him, like, if we're being honest. I mean, I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm glad about the fact that he he stood up and, like, he's speaking out. But, like, the bottom line is, is that, like, everything that Kwame went through, other people was going through, too. Like, you understand what I mean? Like, other draft picks was going through that jump. Like, they was playing for teams. It's just, like, he went to a situation where I honestly believe that, like I said, Michael Jordan is, to some people, that's y'all's GOAT. He's a terrible GM, and he's a terrible coach, and he's a terrible teammate. Like, far none. Like, Kwame was good. Like, I I got the privilege to watch the guy playing in high school. Like, Kwame was not bad. Like, by no stretch of the imagination. He he earned that draft pick for a reason. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most most definitely. Like, he put Glenn Academy on the map, like, like, before, I mean, after Kwame left, we was Brunswick Kyle consistently whooped on on Glenn Academy's ass in basketball. And ask anybody, they'll let you know that. Like that's the truth. But I mean, ah, Kwame was the, he was the goat of that area, and he deserved to be the number one draft pick. It's just look at where he went. Um, Michael Jordan did him no favors, and so he went from playing with one extreme to playing to with the exact same extreme in LA. And the Washington market wasn't as big as the LA market. And then it just, you know, hell, it imploded for him after that. Wish he would have spoke up afterwards. But I mean, the man still made 66 million and he did make Stephen A who Stephen A is now. Like I got, you, we can't argue that. Like Stephen A is is not who he is without that, you know, he's a bona fide scrub. The man cannot play the band, game of basketball. He's got small hands. Like without that tirade, Stephen A is not who Stephen A is today. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, and you know, being a professional athlete isn't, you know, I'm not saying the lifestyle isn't, you know, is hard. I'm saying what it takes to be a profession to get to the level of being a professional athlete is really hard you are literally the best in the world and you can be considered best in the world and still be the worst of the best in the world i mean if kwame Bryant went and played played in the euro league he'd probably be really good he'd probably probably be be a a solid guy over there but this is the nba nba you've got NBA, NFL, ML, the, the, all of the major 
professional sports, the top tier professional sports of the world, you get one opportunity. Doesn't matter if you're the first pick or you're the 272nd pick, you get one opportunity. And you screw that up, you're gone. Jamarcus Russell looked like a game-changing, you know, sport-changing quarterback when he came out of college. And he might as well not even laced up his shoes for 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 training camp with how his his career went. It you just you just never know. And Tom Brady, we all know his story. I mean, it doesn't matter what spot you get. Nothing even even being the number one pick is not guaranteeing you a successful career. Our man Kenny Moore wasn't even drafted and is now considered one of the best slot DBs in the game. You have your opportunity. You have to make the most of it, regardless of the situation that you're in. And that's the reality when it comes to any sport that you play. And let's not even act like he had a bad career. He played 12 years. Like, I don't, if, if you're going to call him a bus, like Anthony Bennett is a bus. And when, yeah, when you call him a bus, you call, you call Nerlens Noel a bust. I mean, Nerlens Noel thought was going to be, I mean, after his first season, we thought he wasn't going to be playing the NBA ever. And yet he's still here now somehow. And a solid uh, provider on the the Knicks team right now. One of, a, one of a key factor of them being successful this season. Uh, but we'll move on to the actual petty moment of the week. Um, go ahead, fellas. Give me y'all's petty moments of the week outside of the Com- Kwame Brown incident. Oh, petty moment I had there, gentlemen. Um, JT, stay this my petty moment. Oh, I, I got another yeah. one. I, I was going to say that one, too. But, um... Tyson Fury, I think that's his name, um, and his brother called out Jake Paul and Logan Paul um, As they should. for for their whatever boxing stunts and saying they essentially disrespect boxing and they need to let the real people do it. Um, that one, it was out of the blue. I thought that was funny, but the response from... Um, one of the Jake Paul, Logan Paul people, I don't know who they are, uh, was that they called them out for not fighting anybody. Yet, the only people that Jake Paul or Logan Paul have fought were like non-boxers. So it's like you're calling out a professional boxer for not fighting anybody, yet you fought, what, Nate Robinson and, you know, but... That was my one my of them was about petty. to fight uh, Floyd Mayweather, which I think he's going to get demolished, especially after pissing him off during the press conference. Like, yeah, I don't understand if he don't win, if he don't win that game, if 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 what's his name don't win that fight, bro, what white folks going to get get mad disrespectful? I'm just going, I'm just, I'm just going to say what everybody else is thinking. If if Floyd Mayweather does not beat Jake Paul in that fight, well, white people gonna get real rambunctious. This is a huge ass stunt. I don't believe in that fight. There's you no way of saying 
there's no way a sane person who, yes, they've been trained in boxing, but like they've never boxed for real, for real, would step in the ring with Mayweather, no matter how old he is. There is no chance I would just willingly box Mayweather. <laughs> really, you don't think so? <laughs> if you wouldn't willingly box Floyd Mayweather, you, you don't say. not <laughs> unless unless it's you know unless I'm getting paid and I understand it's a stunt. There's no reason for me to get in the ring with him, no matter how old. See, see, this is how I would work. I would sign the contracts, get my paycheck. And when the first bell rings, have my 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 uh, trainer throw the towel in as we're walking to touch hands, get my money, then walk away. You're one he of ain't those. telling no lies, though, for real. <laughs> he ain't telling not a single lie, because I would do the same thing. I mean, use the excuse to give me time to get in shape and, you know, actually, you know, look healthy and then uh, and then just take my money and walk away. You know, respectfully shake Floyd Mayweather's hand and have a good evening. Cause you know how much money this this thing is about to make. Like Jake oh. Paul ain't stupid. No. He ain't stupid. Like I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Now, if I was in shape and was physically capable of taking the pounding, bro, I would definitely step in the floor with May, Floyd Mayweather, make a hundred mil, and get my and get knocked out. But I, I, yeah, I, I think this is all because the Paul brothers realized there's YouTube money, and then there is fighting money. Exactly. That's a completely like, different level. I will. I'm telling you, after the after when we touch gloves, when we wrap up for the first time, we're like, look, bro, like I'm I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave my what's his name open. I'm gonna leave my chest open. Just hit me. And I'm gonna fake it, and I'm gonna drop. Like, don't hit me hard now. But just hit me, just and I'm 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 gonna sell that bitch like crazy. Uh, all right, I'll go move to my petty moment of the week. Uh, shout out to a fellow teacher of mine at a school down the street that we don't mention their name um, in the athletics department. Uh, but my man, Mr. Piper. Uh, is that his real name? Uh, that is his last name. That's not his full name. Um, he got an email from a out. student saying that, who, that says, I have a 45 in your class. What do I need to do to make... Uh, to pass your class on the, what do I need to make on the final to pass your class? He said, please refer all statistical calculations to your math teacher as I teach you uh, history. All right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, that's pretty, that's a good one. And this leads me into my uh, final thoughts. All of you students that are emailing us, asking about what you can do to get to a passing grade or get to, you know, from a C to a B or a B to an A. Whatever we say, do not take it personally. Just like it's been a long year for y'all, it's, it's been a long year for us. And when you haven't turned in a single assignment all semester and all of a sudden now you're interested in passing the class, we're gonna be a little frustrated. Just and we're going to try not to say things that we shouldn't say. But whatever it is, don't take it personally. It's Our frustration isn't just with you, it's with all of our students, all of the parents, etc. cetera, uh, during this, this time that we've been going through just as much as anybody that's not teaching uh, has gone through. Uh, 
But with that, I'll leave it to y'all. Two uh, things. Okay. Oh, go for it, Sola. I was going to say semi breaking news LeBron violates the uh, NBA uh, COVID protocols, but you know, he won't be suspended because he's LeBron. So, anyways. When you the goat, you do goat things. Yeah. Players aren't going to like that. They're coming for his uh, ankles next week. Um, other final thought: the White Sox um, entire franchise should be disappointed in boycotting the owner to uh, fire Tony Larusa uh, through the rest of the season until he does it. Larusa was uh, complaining because one of his players hit a 3-0 pitch in like late innings when they were already up a whole bunch whatever and you know, he smacked a 47 mile per hour pitch over over the wall like 20 yards or 20 feet over the wall cool let him do that if you're going to put a position player on the mound at the end of the game you should have free reign to smack home runs but apparently to Larusa, he's old school you can't do that um and you publicly reprimand your players for something that wasn't wrong. He needs to go. I'd be disappointed in my uh, head coach if he was just, you know, complaining that I hit a home run, which is the point of baseball. If you don't like it, stop it. That's that's my philosophy with things. There we go. All right, continue. Uh, let's see. Um. Because I know nobody that I work with or nobody that that's around me listens to this, I will say what I want to say freely. Um, if you have, if we're in public high school and you have to recruit in order to beat anybody or to win championships, guys, go to college. You know what I'm saying? Use your little college ties that you got when you were in college, riding the bench. I mean, playing, but riding the bench. Um, and go get you a college job because recruiting here around this area, it's it's kind of sad, you know, you know, kind of do stuff on your own merit. Secondly, um, a school that I will not mention the name, um, you've got to stop hiring coaches that I have personal vendettas against. You made this mistake one year. And I purposely blew you out by 60 just because I wanted to prove a point. And now you've gone and you've hired somebody else that I have a personal vendetta against. I'm telling y'all this year, y'all are going to see the return of Petty Coach Johnson. Like Isn't me that one of the schools that you attended in high school? I don't think so. I don't think no. I attended that. I was going to attend there. I was oh. going to. You yeah, still I was going. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. we're we, we not we not gonna say that. We're not gonna say that out loud. But yes, okay. shout shout out to that. But I'm like, you gotta stop doing that because of the pure it's fact of the matter. They hire you. They called me and I turned it down. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, but like I said, likewise. Um, love the organization. Love the people there. I really do. 
but dog, like I just thought that we had an understanding that it's like, you know, we were gonna bring in some new blood. Now I'm coming for blood again. Uh, it's gonna be a fun year for more reasons than one. It's gonna be a really fun year. All right, uh, one more final thought from me. Uh, shout out to the Shiloh Generals for their spring game last night, beating Parkview 27 to nothing. Solid showing for y'all there. Um, and also shout out to Shiloh Generals alum, Isaac Dowling for making the FCS freshman All-American team. When not a single other FCS school outside of Mercer even wanted to have a conversation about you. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I'll enjoy watching it. That being said, we will get out of here. Have a good week. Hopefully, the much-anticipated Solo Squared Off the Cuff podcast will finally come to fruition. Uh, talking about initial thoughts of the first couple games of the NBA playoffs. With that, we'll get out of here. This has been Off the Cuff Sports. Have a good week, y'all. See you next time. Waffle House, here we come. Ugh.